Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Matteo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. More Matteo, how are you? Doing fantastic, John. How are you? Super, super good. Season two, yeah. episode... 30 yeah, coming to the end of season two man. oh my goodness episode 30 so we've yeah. actually this is our 60th episode recorded we're super excited yeah um yeah. wrapping up the month of june for those that are in the weeds uh just wrapping up q2 um which uh you know that's that's what i'm in the middle of trying to get ready for preparing for q3 wrapping up q2 yeah um but we have an amazing guest uh, the finale of no bs short rental podcast season two and, you know, with that, I want to go ahead, if, if you're liking the show, please give us a like. If you're watching us on YouTube, like it, share it with your friends. If you're, you know, Spotify on, on uh, Apple Podcasts, give a like, leave a review. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, it's helping us grow exponentially. So we're excited to uh, excited to where this is going. A uh, really, really big season three um, coming out Um you know, we're going to be recording that um, and coming out on 7 7 2022. Mm. Um, really big episode drop. So get excited about that as well for season three. But let's go back to this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce our guest today. I'm excited about our guest today. Um, someone I've had the privilege of knowing for a while now. And Having attended some of the one of the better conferences, I'll say in our space, and ones that I've really enjoyed, um, we have the one and only Antonio Bartolotti from the Vacation Rental World Summit. Um, but I'm going to back it up a little bit before there because he didn't start there. Um, also, the owner and managing director of Casa Teulada. Teulada. I get it right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've known it for a while, but I know I always kind of messed up the name. So I got it down this time. Um, also founder of Vacation Rental Secrets, um, which I will let him talk all about. But Antonio, man, it is great to see you. Uh, for all of those who are watching on YouTube, we can see this video. It's a fresh face, Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Matteo, and thank you, John, for having me on your show. It's uh, it's been a while that I've been on the show, so I'm quite you know excited, and yeah. uh, it's a pleasure to see you again because it's been also quite a while since the last time we saw each other. It event. has, it has, but uh, you know the world changed uh, <laughs> quite a bit, and you know we'll, we'll dig into to that a little bit, but. You were uh, you were actually one of the first conferences to actually come back, right, and come back yeah. live in in yeah. Annecy, in Annecy, France. Uh, I did not make it to that one. I uh, it was my first one. I hadn't been to in uh, in a couple of years, and I definitely had some FOMO because uh, one wanted to be there, but it was it looked beautiful. And so uh, let's let's take it back. You know what we like to do here with our guests, and and definitely want to get your story is just you know, how did you get into this space, right? You know, we, we see where you are right now and the things that you're doing, but there's, I think there's some other things you're not, you do as well that people may not be as aware of. So walk us into your journey. How did you get into the short-term rental state in the short-term rental space? Well, actually, I think it's, this is going to be a killer because I'm going to say 9-11 and that's probably okay. going to 
take you uh, that, there. It's going to poke like up some it. ears. Yeah, a little bit. Let's, go. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about it. So that's why that's why I got into the VR space. Basically, in a previous life, uh, and one of the many things I've done in life, I was um, uh, flying for Alitalia, the airline, the, the former Italian airline. Mm. And uh, I was actually flying uh, uh, en route to Chicago on 9-11. I was in a cockpit uh, shortly before the first aircraft hit the first um, tower in New York. Oh, wow. so we oh heard shit. That. Yeah. We heard that. I mean, I was talking to the pilots. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they say, wait, 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 wait a minute. Uh, there's uh, the ATC is calling us. They, shut, they closed the, air, the U.S. airspace. There's yeah. something big going on. Uh, like what do you mean i mean the last time they closed the airspace was world war ii right so there must be something really big going on down there so to cut a long story short we knew what happened live because you know the air traffic control pilots from united and american with the interpilot frequency were talking to each other we could hear that so we knew exactly what happened then and of course uh that was the beginning of uh you know, a turning point in history that changed the world as we know it today. And it was a turning point in my personal history as well, because I was on board the same aircraft, the 767, mm. 200 passengers. Uh, I called the captain that just had, that just took what was going for his, you know, period of rest during the flight, come back to the, to the cockpit. And then he's, he called the crew and said, look, we've got an emergency going on here. Go in a cabin, check, you know, the Muslim um passengers that we have uh, uh just like don't you know just locate where they are and then be ready for anything because we have no idea what may happen so wow. basically we landed in halifax uh, a few hours later in nova scotia mm-hmm. we were stranded together with another 50 wide body aircrafts 10,000 passengers stranded in an, I don't know if anyone listening to this knows Nova Scotia, but it's a pretty small place with a small mm-hmm. airport on a runway. It's, you have it's like a, a, yeah, for those who are listening, Nova Scotia is northeast of Maine in Canada. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's 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 actually an island, right? Yeah. If, if I'm correct. Um, in, uh, uh, the, in the northeast section of Canada. Yeah. So basically, if you if you're familiar with one of those views of like the Formula One grid from above where you see like all the cars uh, paired one by one it was the same exact thing on the runway yeah. just was 50 747 767 50 wide body aircrafts wow. when they closed the u.s airspace the only airports that were allowed to take in planes outside the u.s were gander um halifax and calgary in canada mm-hmm. then bermuda and I think maybe another one outside the U.S. All the other aircrafts had to fly back from where they came from. So we landed there. Uh, we, we were the first aircraft to re-enter the U.S. airspace on September 13th. So with a CNN, you know, on us, the no comment from the airline, Bush that gave the order to shut us down while it should have something happened while we crossed the border between Canada and the U.S., it was a pretty stressful situation. So when we got when we flew back to Italy on September 19, because then we, we went to destination, which was Chicago, our destination. And uh, after that, if you remember, there were like three days of 
bacteriological threat or whatever. Right. So you, you couldn't really do much. So we, we, we were there waiting for, you know, someone to come pick us up and then operate the flight to return to Italy. Oh, wow. That, as you can kind of imagine, was a pretty stressful situation for me. So I, unfortunately, I developed the fear of flying. And uh, um, the next six months, I was just every time wearing the uniform saying, God, I have to get out of here. I have to find an alternative to this. I can't take this anymore. But man, it's a good job. It's well paid. I had family. So you can't really leave a job like that. Right, right. And so I said, what do I do? What do I do? And then I followed the suggestion of a few friends that told me that in Sardinia, it's a beautiful island in the Mediterranean, that it looks like the Caribbeans. Um, um, there were some rubbles uh, that um, may have been worth an investigation there to see if we could, I, we could do something with it. So mm-hmm. I went there with my wife and then fast forward uh, a few years later, we, we actually started uh, revamping uh, rubbles like the the, the 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 phoenix from ashes mm-hmm. rising right. again and we started our first vacation rental that was back in 2006 so it took me five years to basically build something in the beginning and uh as i'm self-taught i learned everything myself i started marketing i studied web design i studied photography i studied uh you know business uh, just to set a new business up and uh, while during the flights, I remember when we on the layovers or during our time off during the plane, uh, instead of resting, I was actually studying how to build your own website. Uh, at the time, if you're familiar, there were we see wig. What you see is what you get. Websites mm. yeah. for <laughs> nerds, yeah. like we, we haven't studied anything, I can't yeah. do anything. Yeah. So you just put things together and and did a website. So that's how I started. When I told my wife, okay, we got a mortgage on that. If we can pay for like 70% of a mortgage fee every year, it's going to be a success because we own a, parad- a house in paradise, like, like a dream house in paradise, a really beautiful one. And my wife just laughed at me saying like, yeah, 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 right. Uh, you'll do better than that, I know. So on year one, we did 20% profit. So I said, okay. Let's see if we can do a little better. And on year two, we acquired, we purchased a second unit. This was like a big house made of three units. So in three years, we purchased all the three units and did the same thing. Renovation, Mm -hmm. uh, put online and made money off it. Uh, also, also all self-financed right like you didn't have did you take outside investing or any of this or did you yeah a mortgage mortgage with a bank with a first mortgage yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah yeah it's just this is super interesting because like well first of all like you know that was the the most insane uh origin story into the space that and we've heard a lot of pretty cool and i don't want to say that's cool but you know pretty you know unique um like how you break into the to the space of stories some origin stories and that was uh i was by far one with the uh the most unique <laughs> to to date uh which which is in in, in I, my question for you actually about that is like how long were you flying prior to you know you're, you're flying 767s um so you are you are a pilot you have been flying for you know so you had years of flying 
beforehand and then to then develop a fear of flying because of circumstance, yeah. which is, you know, which is, which is obviously, you know, something that, that happens, but it's just, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I started actually in 1997. So not that long before. Okay. One. So that was four years, but that was enough. And when I, when I actually uh, got, I, I did the interview with the airline, you know, the idea, I know the idea in the U S and in Europe is very different uh in europe it used to still be like a profession or like a job that people would dream of like you fly the world you get lots of money beautiful women nice hotels mm -hmm. different place every night what do you do for a living you know yeah but it, it, <laughs> I, I at that point i said it's not uh this is no longer the world it used to be like the, the profession it used to be so i think you can't really last more than 15 years uh, doing this because it's going to get worse and worse and worse with time shifts uh, and like uh, salaries going down and uh, you know uh, the things will will go will go worse and then that happens so I said right. like okay I think and I actually I did 15 years uh, because it took me 10 years from 9-11 to resign before I built a, a business that right. could provide for even more than what I was making earlier with the airline. And, uh, and, and so like on my birthday, uh, June 18, 2011, I just gave myself a second life and I resigned. I, I actually operated my last flight, which was a domestic flight. And, uh, and I just like, resigned and uh and just went full in to the vr business because at the same time i was i i had been doing a few other things that then led to the creation of the vacation rental world summit yeah I, and i love that i love that theme you know we we get to talk to some pretty incredible people and one of the themes that we hear is and one of the things i always point out is like there was a point where you chose to bet on yourself Right. Yeah. You and it, this wasn't in a clearly, you know, hearing your story. This is a definitely an out of the ashes story, um, which I, I'm seeing a theme here of being able to turn kind of tragic circumstances into amazing things, um, which I definitely want to get into in a sec. But also, you know, at what moment did you know that this was something that you could do and that you were you were worth the investment in betting in yourself because you know you had a good job you had great pay and i think most people you know strive for that comfortability and would would look at people who have that in a different light who are like oh but i have more i can do more i have more to offer within that space right when, when was that point when you were like antonio i can you can do so much more here you're gonna build out this business Oh, not so an, many other things. Not an easy question because yeah. that moment, uh, in a way, was way before I started that. Because when I was in the airline, I wasn't really happy with that, and then right. all the people complaining all the time, and and I was saying, well, I, I just don't want to end up in this place doing this. I mean, I I think I'm worth a little more than that, and I can do right. more of my life than that. So I travel the world I wanted to travel. I've seen the things I wanted to see. It's time for a change. And I think I can do it. So, we, and you know, the reason, as I said earlier, you study, you learn how to do things. You've got, to, I mean, I've, I'm a strong advocate of 
you can do whatever you want if you want to use your brain and if you're willing to sacrifice, willing to do the wee hours, to work your ass off and get to the goal that you have. You have to be, you have to be crazy in a way because yeah. you have to have passion, you have to have vision and you have to have a clear path ahead, which may not be clear uh, in the beginning. It gets, you know, as, as Steve Jobs was saying, you can only understand the, the dots looking backwards Mm. Uh, and looking forward forward and uh so i'd say to get back to your question it's been something inside of me like a hunger for you know making more with my life uh that i've had since i was a child uh then in practice when i uh, when we got our hands on the second and third unit that's when I saw the money that we were making every year. And that's when I physically, tangibly, I realized that, yeah, okay, this is even more than what I'm making with the airline. So, you know, I can, because I'm a, I'm a cautious person. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to jump in the darkness uh, mm-hmm. with no guarantees. So right. what I do, I try to do things very carefully. I'm like uh, what my, my, my wife says, we are builders like ants mm-hmm. rather than, you know, throwing there for getting like lots of money and then do whatever. We prefer building brick by brick day by day. And then that, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to, you know, that is that what led to you developing, you know, vacation rental secrets? Like, is like, 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 because you're a builder, because you are building like ants and you're coming up with processes that worked for you, um, is that was like the just like the the transition, like led exactly. to to this? Exactly. And that's because at the time, I think it was 2007, Home Away. Um, had their first summit in Europe and they were seeking, they were looking for someone that could speak on stage on, uh, you know, uh, how were they making what they were making with the, with the business. So they reached out to me because we, we were having at the time uh, pretty substantial results. Like in our area in Sardinia, the season was like three months and we were fully booked nine months a year. So they said, how do you do that? Mm. And so when they offered me to come on stage in London, I just told my wife, wow, this is going to be amazing because we're going to learn so much. We're going to be surrounded by people like us. We're going to absorb everything like a sponge. Mm-hmm. And then when we get there, we get from nine to 12 months. So we're fully booked. <laughs> when, when we got there, I realized that either we were aliens or the people down there were still <laughs> in like Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. So uh, because I didn't really expect to have any great ideas because all I did was basically common sense. But as I learned from one of my, my mentors, common sense is not always common practice. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, that's when from there I started being asked, how do you do this? So I started helping out other people. Look, it's easy. You do a website, you do this, you do that, you do that. And that's how I started consulting people because after a while my my wife said look you're giving so much advice to everyone put a price on it yeah (laughs) right right. so and i and then i started doing websites 
for other owners. So I added that line, the website building, then the consulting, and then the speaking gigs because HomeAway kept on calling me on stage every year for another three, four years. And then they called me to do some consulting in London for property managers. So in a year, I went there like every other month, once a month, once every other month to give like a session to 50 property managers on social media advertising or on that this was way back to 2009 to 2010 11 anyway around that time it's interesting to to you know you're talking the consulting gig but you're also talking the the web and seo and that kind of gig like and you have a conference and then you talk to uh someone like damien who is in seo pay-per-click and web stuff and he has a conference like the, it's kind of, uh, you know, it was obviously a friend of the show. Um, and, you know, it's just interesting, you know, as a con- putting your consulting hat on, you see what, what is necessary, what see what's needed. And, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm assuming this is going to transition into you saying, you know, screw it. We're going to do our own, our own world summit here in our own conference. Um, but, but it's interesting to see like the, the backgrounds and how you came into it um, and, and what, and what got you focused on it. And then those key, those key, you know, things in your, in your past have, are, are now like propelling you to, to share with other people. Yeah. I've always been a giver. And so I like to share good things that improve people's lives because uh, I'm a positive person. So I'm an advocate that. And I, uh, so that was a good beginning for me and then I reap the rewards for that uh and if someone else can have that too it's it's really I mean if you can make an impact in the world this is one way for me to do that see that I could help other people making their lives better than what they had up until then and actually the summit was born because at some point one time I don't know if there's anyone from home away listening to this uh, but uh, like the last time I was there Usually I would speak for like an hour on a subject and then sales rep or someone from home away would speak for another hour about mm-hmm. something else. So at the time it was a me, me, me sort of speech. How cool we are, how I deal with this. So at some point, one of like the 50 property managers stood up and just blatantly said, like clearly, openly said, we don't care what you are saying here. This is all blah, blah, blah nonsense for you mm-hmm. and no use to us. We want more people like Antonio. So why don't you put together a bunch of people like him and teach us how to do marketing, how to do you know, social media, how to do website, how to do this and this and that. So I never uh, pretended or I never put myself as someone that has got all the solutions. Right. I found some solutions that were good for me. And for some of the people that I was helping. But over time, I started meeting other cool people in the industry that were good at certain things. So one day I said, you know what? I think time is mature for a Vacation Rental World Summit. And that was 2013, where I set up the first edition. Because then I reached out to a few people in our industry, like uh, uh, Alan Egan, uh, Andrew McConnell was actually uh, there as well that time. And uh, uh, Tayan Marsink, uh, Andy McNulty, uh, well, uh, the the one and only Heather Bayer, yeah. Matt Landau, yeah. 
so I reached out to them and said, uh, look, this is my vision. I know I'm crazy. Would you like to jump on board? And uh, quite many of them said, oh, yes. So we prepared this first summit, which was online the first year, because, you know, I was coming from nowhere. Nobody knew me. And as mm-hmm. I said earlier in the conversation, I'm cautious. So let's start small and see how it goes. If it goes bad, no one will ever notice. And I'll do something <laughs> else in my you know. But if it goes well, well, we'll see. So I started putting together this event, which was back then three days, eight hours a day, and uh, from nine to five. And we had 15,000 attendees in 2013 for three days. 15,000. One five, yes, 15,000 people from 49 countries. So I said, okay, this is re- resonating with a bit. So maybe right, yeah. it's worth doing something more. And that's when some people started reaching out, saying, well, what are you doing? Okay, I'm, I, you know, I want to get involved with this. So year two, we repeated online. And then I said, okay, if it goes well, on year three, we go live in person in a physical place and that's when we started the first edition in person which was in barcelona uh in 2016 2015 or 2016 and then from there the first edition of in person was i called it an elite edition only 100 people there also because i was paying off my pockets right so you know again i'm cautious right so so I had to find a venue, I had to pay for everything and make sure that if there was at least a break even or a little return on the investment. So we ended up 120 people. Uh, the, the summit was amazing. It went super well. So the year after we, we brought it to Florence, Italy, 240 people, then to Lake Como, 360 people, then again, Lake Como, 450 people. And then the pandemic hit uh, and we went online uh, for another 350. Uh, and last year we were the first event in the industry to get back in person uh, in France with 250 attendees. So that was short in short, uh, the, you know, the, the, the rise of uh, the summit to its ninth edition this year and looking forward then to number X like the mm-hmm. iPhone X. Yeah. Right, there you go. <laughs> the, uh, so the, the 10th one this year, September. Um, this is the ninth one. Okay, this is the ninth one, but you're looking forward to the... Yeah. Okay, the ninth one this year in September. Um, where? What is your expected uh, attendee? You were at 250. Uh, well, we're already at 315 now, and we don't have an agenda. We don't have the speakers. We don't have uh, so we we are expecting between 400 and 600. The sweet spot is 500. Mm-hmm. So basically, in my my little mind, uh, I have 500 as a goal to reach, and I think we'll get there. Nice, I, I, nice. So. I, I mean, this has been this is awesome, and I love that. Of, of your nine that you've done, um, you did, are, are you doing a, a hybrid now? Actually, are you doing a, no a, more, no more, just hundred no. percent in person? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I used to do the hybrid, uh, up until, uh, pre-pandemic mm-hmm. worked quite well, but, uh, you know, last year with the pandemic, uh, 
uh, and you know the, the 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 webinar overflow. So TMI, everyone online. I said like no, mm-hmm. everyone wants to meet again in person after two years of confinement. So and uh, we also had you know a budget constraint. So we decided we'll do it just in person, and we changed the format as well which was with round table that we are repeating this year. So when you have round tables and people are even networking even more and working together, that makes little sense for who's, you know, watching at home right. and they right. can do anything. I mean, it's, it's interesting, the, the round table, and I, I love this idea. Um, I get much more out of a conference where I can go and it's, I, I was never one to go ahead and sign up for a virtual conference. Um, and, and unfortunately, in the ones that I've participated in as a vendor, not as much traction as I, I would have hoped, you know, opting in to pay for, you know, I, I love the in-person, especially, you know, for those that are watching on YouTube, thank you. Uh, but the, the, the actual numbers of the podcast or who watch compared to who listen are, you know, who watch are a handful compared to, you know, the hundreds that are downloaded um, and listen to the podcast every week. So we, we appreciate the, and totally get the, you know, well, you know, we're sitting on this, these, uh, these zoom meetings and Google meets and Microsoft, whatever, like all day, every day. Now it's, it, this is a, a remote environment we all work in today. Can't just pick up, a, like, I don't even pick up the phone half the time. Um, usually it's during a, uh, some sort of a meeting, which is, which is fantastic, yeah. but it's, uh, it's perfect. I, I, I applaud you for, for <laughs> unplugging well, from the, the hybrid model. <laughs> I, I think there's something I want to say about that too. If you haven't been to one of these conferences and I'm speaking specifically to the world summit, there's, there's a atmosphere, I will say that is intentionally put in place that you will never get over a zoom or over the view. I mean, I, I, we're talking about opening a conference with opera, bringing uh-huh. <laughs> floored. I still have that video and, and maybe we'll get some cuts and put that in there. But like, I, I have all the, I have the video of the full, like it's, you know, you're immersive. When we were in Lake Como, we were in this majestic, um, we were yeah. in this majestic theater that was just, it, it spoke of what we were talking about, of the culture, of the fine points, of what we're doing. And one of the things that I appreciate about you is you ingrain hospitality into your conference. So it's not just about hospitality, but it, it, you should see. And he take, he's being very modest about the things that he does here because he's running. Like this is a, it's a produced event. He's making sure that things are on time. You know, I've never been in one space because like we did, he's, he was talking about being in the round tables. We were in the auditorium for the majority of the time and it didn't feel like it. And I'm a fidgety ADD person that's like, all right, what's next? What's going on? But you're engaged. You're interested in the topics that are going on. You have the opportunity to not just network, but be in this space. And I think Como was a very special place. I'm looking forward to Porto. Uh, and I, I'm sad I missed Annecy. So I, I, again, but. I, I believe that and from everything that I've heard that those elements were, were always there. And so, Antonio, like, talk to us about how you continue in your thought process about being able to provide, because it's not just a conference. We have lots of conferences yeah. in this space. You provide an experience. Right. You just phrased it perfectly, as I always say it. I mean, first and foremost, I'm a people person and I 
I am rewarded when I see smiles in people's faces. I like to sleep with dreams. So if you are investing, not spend, if you are investing your money to come to me, to mm -hmm. what I'm doing, I take it as a, as a mission. And uh, um, I have to do the utmost that I can to make you happy, to make you say it was worth every minute. Now, I can't please everyone all the time, right. but I do my best to please as many people as possible as most of the time as I right. can. Right. So the summit, you called it right in one word. It's what I call always. It's an experience. It's not an event. It's an experience. Yeah. And as such, it has to revolve around a few simple criteria that I set from the very beginning, which are destination. It's a place you should go to regardless of the event. Yeah. You would go to on holiday, yeah. which is why I pick up fabulous destinations all the time. Secondly, the venue. I refrain from sterile conference centers or, or hotels that uh, are not fancy because that's where you always go and it's, it adds nothing yeah. to the vibe. And I, instead, I pick something spectacular. In Barcelona, we did it on top of a museum in, with a view all over, all over Barcelona. In Como, you know, yeah. we an entire theater of the 1800s. And, you know, I like surprises, like nice surprises. So I didn't tell anyone, but you are in a theater. I started, I, I basically, I hired a soprano that started with the Pavarotti's Nessun Dorma, with the Nessun Dorma Vincero. And, mm -hmm. I, and people were breaking in tears at 9 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so it was a lady at a dinner last night that said, yeah. you know what? When I just saw that in the morning, I, wouldn't, I didn't expect that. I, I, I was yours. You could do yeah. whatever you wanted because you, you bought me completely. So that's part of the, that's what I mean by the experience. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, in, in Annecy last year was the same. We took an entire hotel. Now I said a few minutes ago, I don't like hotels, but there's hotel and hotel. Yeah. 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 There's a difference. Uh, there's, a, there's definitely a difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, this is interesting too. Coming into, you know, now we're looking in September here, just a, a couple months away, a few months away now. I'm sure you have some other surprises in, in you know, some secrets and surprises. So I'm, I'm excited for to get the low down from Mateo on what that is. I, I'm uh, I'm bummed I won't be able to attend because I'm in the middle of so many here uh, stateside. Um, but I, I will get over to to uh, a world summit. Um, probably I'm gonna have to make it to X. I think you definitely gotta, gonna make have 10. to make I think we gotta we might have to go do some live recording from 10. I, 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 think, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a big I have idea. a question for you, Antonio. I you're talking about like all these th this experience and in, in you know, obviously it, it took a while to to you know you're self-taught uh through trial and error, through you know, building piece by piece, you know, you're very calculated in what we what you've done. With that, with there, there, there are failures. There are, are things that don't work. There are there are miscalculations. You know, looking back at, at your tenure here in, in this space, what was your biggest, oh shit, why? Why did I <laughs> why did I make that turn? Or you know, I should have done this this way. I, I went the wrong direction with this. Like, is, can you expand on that at all? Is there something where you're like, oh, man? 
It's a hard question because I don't have that kind of uh, failure uh, memories. Mm. So, uh, and, and that doesn't mean that I didn't have failures at all. Right. It just means that I tend to forget them. <laughs> right. So it, keeps me, it keeps me more positive. Now, right. what I can say is that the first few years, every time uh, I reached the end of the summit, I told my wife, no more. This is the last one. <laughs> going to do it again because i was so fed up with the amount of energy and things and time you had to put in it and uh and then quite often you don't really get to see all the work that is behind it so sometimes i was just saying is this really worth it uh and uh then at some point uh, it also i mean i realized that it was really worth it it and so I kept on going and luckily because I never gave up I saw others giving up because over a decade I've seen other people hosting events and then vanishing yeah some even big ones that were there are no longer there and uh, I'm quite proud to say that at least in Europe uh, and I don't compare our event to a big one like focus right mm-hmm. we're the only one that has lasted 10 years now in Europe because mm-hmm. others, because of the pandemic, the pandemic killed lots more yeah, events. Yeah, right, right. And uh, we, we, we didn't interrupt. We did it anyway. We went back to the roots. We did yep. it online, but we, we, we hadn't stopped. So today I, I can't remember, I can think of failures or things uh, that I've done so bad because like I said earlier, I've always been very cautious. So the, 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 the failures have been minimal because yeah. I've been cautious. Well, and failures always lead to, and we talked about this last week with Drew Brown, you know, failures lead to, you know, as long as you're learning from them, um, you know, that they're not necessarily a failure. And then, and, you know, and how you, you talked about, you know, you have uh a, a memory that, you know, that, you know, or it, I guess it's how you frame it, you know, it's, it's yeah. either a failure or it's, it's, it's a, a learning opportunity. Yeah. It's, and it's an opportunity to go ahead and get better. Yeah. Um, and, and that's amazing. And I think that's a skill set that not everyone has. Yeah. And I mean, look at, you know, you just mentioned all these, these conferences in Europe that, you know, have not with, you know, held out over 10 years you're the only one and that's that's a, a testament to to you and and your team and and in your vision yeah truly and and in hospitality in general you know i think that i i want to make sure that before we're that we're done here today that I, our listeners know how to go ahead and and find information on the world summit how they can go ahead and and sign up for the world summit and and what yep. to expect and i think we've already um, we've painted that picture of what to expect, but yeah. we, like, like, we want to make sure that, you know, to, to learn more, um, you know, where to go and, and how to get that information. Super easy. VacationRentalWorldSummit.com. That's yep. the site that's got all the information. So VacationRentalWorldSummit.com and you see uh, what's, what's there on, uh, you know, where is it? When is it? How much it is? And we're adding the agenda as well these days. Yeah, right. <laughs> so there's <a> familiar faces <laughs> over there, but we're adding more. And we're also rolling out a few surprises on the upcoming weeks about fringe events, uh, the before and after, the during, the party time. 
Love that. Yeah, no, and we'll put those links um, down in the uh, in the descriptors so we can make sure that we can get that out to people um, as well. And Tony, I want to ask a little bit about as we're coming back, um, you know, you took some courageous steps in in, ha- in having an in-person conference when people weren't, you know, you said you went back to your roots and put it back online with the new and upcoming you know, conferences, both in Europe and the US and everywhere around, you know, how do you keep it valuable? How do you keep it fresh? You know, because everyone's like, oh, I can't wait till we get back to the way that things were before. Well, things aren't the same as they were before, right? The world is different now. And you can look at the world in Europe, you can look at the world in the US and all of the things that, you know, are happening, whether it's, you know, geopolitics, whether it's, you know, the economy, you know, we are just in a different space. And, you know, we see a lot of conferences coming up. We see a lot of people that are eager to get back to travel. Talk to us about your mindset and what you think is valuable right now. Like what, what separates, what's going to separate you and continue to separate you from, you know, the other, everything else that's out there on the market. And I won't call anyone else by name, but just others in the space. How do you thrive? I can't speak for others, but I can say for myself, being flexible and light is the key to success. Flexible, I mean, willing to adjust and therefore looking at the environment around you, see how it's changing and adapting fast, Mm -hmm. like Darwinian rule to survive. And the second uh, is just uh, be true to yourself. As long as I'm passionate and I have something to give, I will do the summit. If the day come, as it may come, that I'm no longer in a position to do it, I won't do it anymore. Or if I see that I've become Jurassic Park and someone else (laughs) has just taken, you know, the stage, uh, it's my time to just, uh, you know, downshift a little and enjoy life uh, a little more, which I am enjoying every day, by the way. So that's, that's my attitude, being very flexible, looking positive at things, even when things are not as they should be or if you would like them to be. But as there's a way to look at things, you can find the right way to look at things so that you shift the view. Right. Right. And uh, in the end, you, you do your best to see the, the glass half full all the time. With, with this positive with this positive outlook that you have, you know, I, a lot of our, our list, we have, we have a global listenership, um, but there are a, a lot here that are based here in stateside in the U S can you talk a little bit about the, the, uh, the European and uh, landscape as far as where we are today in 2022, as far as I, I know we're, we're, we're more than bouncing back. We're coming back. You're here, the, you know, but as far as the short-term rental and vacation rental landscape, you know, where do you see it going? Are our bookings building up? Are they plateaued? Are they, are they reached a post, uh, you know, I say pandemic post pandemic, like cautiously um, where, you know, how do you see uh, travel in the, in our space in Europe specifically uh, now and into the future? Now, travel is something that it's deep rooted inside all of us. So we all want to travel. We need to travel. And we all see that we've been confined for two years. The first thing we wanted to do is just get out and travel. And this is one thing. The other thing, though, is that the the macro 
context is quite challenging at the moment. And uh, I, I don't know how easy it will be in the next few years because Europe is now beginning to face what in the US has been a big issue for a while, and that's regulation, restrictive regulations. Mm-hmm. So Europe is going towards that part of restricting VRs, vacation rentals, uh, passing laws against them or you know limiting them. So that is one thing. Um, Europe is made of uh, many countries with different cultures and different languages, which is very different from the US. Um, So the approaches can be very different. So the way I see it is is that it's going to be very challenging. The market is mature Mm -hmm. and the, the, the margins are shrinking, costs are rising. So it's a matter as well of, uh, thinking how worth is it to run a VR business today compared Mm -hmm. to like five or 10 years ago. In fact, it's no surprise that many property managers are seeking an exit right right now, because, you know, after 10 or 15 years or doing that, many would say, okay, let me cash in and, uh, and go play golf or do something else. uh, And there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. I mean, if, when you look at it in a, in the right way with the right attitude, you're not just ditching the baby uh, or whatever. You're just moving on to life. Uh, And so I think the next few years, we'll have to see what happens with the war in Ukraine, uh, Russia. We, I mean, with the the rise of gas uh, prices and oil. uh, I I think we have ahead of us some some difficult times, challenging times. The problems with the airlines as well. I was reading yeah. this morning uh, about the shortage of pilots and crew that yeah. forces airlines to cancel flights all over the US and Europe as well. And that's yeah. because demand is back to pre-pandemic times. So I was reading today is just like 8% lower than uh, shortly before the pandemic. But because of the, the pandemic that brought down all the airplanes, airlines uh, laid off uh, so many people that they haven't been fast enough. They didn't have the resources as well to hire enough people, airlines, air traffic control. And so now you're stranded. I mean, demand is there, but there's no flight. Yeah. So, and they said it's going to take at least another six to 10 months. I would say another year before we go back to some kind of normality. So well, it's since, you know, you have to think on top of it. And I was reading some of these articles as well is, you know, you know, if someone has been grounded and they haven't been flying, you have to get your hours in, you have to get your training, you have to get comfortable. Like there, it's not as right. simple as being like, oh, hey, we got pilots. Let's go ahead and yeah, plug right. them in. Right. Um, you know, tech has changed. Airlines have changed. Like, you know, everything changes in a short amount of time. So you have to get those hours in and your certifications in. And it's the same with air traffic control. Um, so it's not as simple as bodies and seats. It's, it's a, it's a very deep issue. You know, I, and I, you know, being from the outside looking in, I, I tend to agree that, you know, six to eight months that we're not going to get there. Um, this is a year to two year struggle we're going to see. And that's without any, uh, any interruptions. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It is going to be interesting to see these next couple months because these are the busy travel seasons for Europe, right? And so I remember a year ago, John, we were talking about revenge travel and you know all the people wanting to go, right? But we didn't talk about the infrastructure 
mm-hmm. what that was going to look like. And can we support, you know, the travel that's being done? And so, you know, when you said something, Antonio, you were talking about like the differences between Europe, U.S., right? Let's talk culturally. Europeans vacation very differently than Americans do, right? It's ingrained in a way in Europeans that we, I think, in America just don't think of it the same. Like we do kind of, but you know, when you look at the industry and you look at like even where restrictions are happening, like John and I could sit up here and we could talk about, you know, traditional vacation rental destinations in the US and urban destinations. In Europe, they're the same, right? Because you can pick an urban destination that is a traditional vacation destination, one in the same, right? And so you look at the regulatory issues, you look at the companies that aren't there, the supply, the inventory, and where people are going. I, it's going to be, I'm actually, I'm, in, I'm quite interested in, in seeing what these next couple months are going to be. I would say the next three to three to six months are going to look like and how we're able to manage that. And then once, if indeed everything clicks, like people are saying it, it is in six months to a year, you know, how that will also play out. But, you know, to me, the most interesting time is really now in, in to the next, you know, four to six months, right? Because that's going to be high season for a lot of people internationally, right? And so, I, I, I don't have data to back this up. But I think that the drive to market is is going to be quite strong because of plane strikes and cancellations. Yeah. I myself had a few cancellations in Sardinia yeah. because yeah. simply the guests called me up saying, look, uh, this airline, the, our airline canceled the flight and rebook right. and want us to rebook for three times the price I paid. I'm not right. going to do that. Right. So uh, for one thing that, uh, you, 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 you don't, you didn't know Matteo in, in the beginning is that because we haven't talked in a while is that mm-hmm. I am, I live on Lake Maggiore, so lake mm-hmm. area near the Swiss Alps, no Island, like mainland. Yep. Yep. And I'm managing the property behind me uh, for three years. And uh, this is a drive to market destination. This is amazing because this mm-hmm. is really has 11 month season yep while sardinia with the pandemic i got a drop of 50 percent in reservations because there's no flights if there are they're expensive and the car hire is more expensive than the apartment to rent oh wow so people say is this they reach out and say is, is it possible that i hire a car and it costs more than the the house oh yeah say like, yes okay i'll go elsewhere or i'll drive to my destination yeah. Right. So is yeah. and I'm curious about the, you know, you know, the, the car rental, you know, business, because I know that over here in the stateside, they the inventory went it shrunk because mm. they they there was no need for it. So they pulled it. And I'm assuming that, you know, everything that's happened here is is we're seeing it happen overseas, but it it is like six months to a year later as far as like how it is affecting. Are you having an inventory shortage? And that is why the the cost to hire a, a rental car is is so high. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's a narrow, very narrow-minded approach that leads nowhere. Because in Sardinia, that's what they did. They had an inventory shrink. And uh, but they sold the, ha- the the cars for the same amount as you know the regular inventory. Right. Mm-hmm. So people say, "Are you crazy? You kidding me? You're fooling me around? I'll go elsewhere." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of close-minded um, 
Well, we, we, we see that a lot, but again, I, I mean, the three of us here are, are glass half full, not half empty guys. Right. Um, so it's, uh, Hey, this has been great. I, 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 every now and then, you know, we have a guest that I, I haven't met, but Mateo's met. And I'm like, how the hell have I never talked to Antonio before? This is, you know, I, and then I'm mad at myself because we haven't got to, a chance to get to know each other. Um, so I'm not going to allow that to happen anymore. We're going to go ahead and communicate. We're going to set some meetings up and just, just bullshit every now and then. But it's been, it's been great getting to know you. I've Thank learned you. a ton. I'm really excited for the world summit. Um, I can't wait for, for Mateo to give me the play by play. Uh, and I'm going to live vicariously through him and, well, uh, hopefully we'll be doing some recording from there. So yeah, we'll absolutely. There, so absolutely. Yeah. We'll go ahead and do some of that. Well, I'll be the remote guy. And, Beauty uh, of technology, man. Hey, Hey, we're, we're all about it. Uh, but thank you so much for, for joining us today, Antonio. Is there anything you'd like to, uh, to say and, and leave to our audience before we get out of here? No, just thank you, John and Matteo, for having me. It was a pleasure and an honor. I haven't been uh, on stage or on the podcast for quite some time, so it was reinvigorating to be here again. And uh, to the next one, I'll I'll take up on your invitation to chat every now and then. Yeah, no, definitely. And so, and to all everyone out there, give the vacation rental summit a world summit a look it, he said it best it, it is an investment you you will learn a whole lot you will gain something culturally um it is an experience um and so you know i know not everyone is able to just hop across the pond but if you are and uh, are interested in being around some incredible people within this industry um with incredible ideas and and you will learn quite a bit please uh definitely check it out um and i hope to see you all there and antonio i'm looking forward to seeing you brother it's been a while This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.